0: This is Manifest Mindset, where we delve into our true passions, inspire the best out of ourselves, and live our life with true intention every single
1: day. All right, welcome back to another episode of Manifest Mindset. We're back with Nick and Bob. How are you doing today, Nick? Um,
0: I'm hanging in there, my friend. Doing I okay What about you?
1: I'm right, hanging in there as well. Um, I'm midway through my clinical and just, just hanging out, treating patients.
0: There you go. Now, if I remember right, you were saying, hey, I kind of get to pick the cream of the crop. I get to, my my CI has got a crest ton of patients every day. So you get to kind of pick out your low back people. You get to pick out the people you have more interested in working with them. Is that still going that way? It's
1: still going that way. It's still going. Well, it's mostly just – it's either post-op knee, so knee replacements or hip replacements, or – low back pain and neck pain. So I just take all the neck pain and back pain people. And then everybody else just does the, the, the hip replacement and the knee replacement. There we go, man. So, I mean, it's, it's good. It's, so I read the McKenzie books. Um, those were part of my, like, I guess, accountability things. Like um, a few months ago, I read the, all the volumes, the blue books, like I read like six different books on Mackenzie, the Mackenzie method. And awesome. it was like, now every day when I'm seeing back patients, back patients, it's like, it's like a whole new world for me. Um, like I know exactly what to do with these patients. I know if they're getting better, getting worse, what to do if they get better, what to do if they get worse. Um, it's there's now like a, a whole system in place that like makes just treating just so much more guess, consistent and fun for me. Actually, today, like there was like a bunch, another like physical therapist with, with their student. They were like watching me treat this like person with ridiculous symptoms down their legs. Um, and I like did some manual shift corrections in supine. Uh, when they're laying down and all the pain disappeared and they were like, wow, that's so cool. And I was like talking to them about McKenzie. So it, it was a fun, fun experience uh, exactly. so far.
0: It's uh it's always good to learn. A time. It's always good to be able to apply it. And it's far better when you get the results, patients, patients get the results that they're looking for. Because ultimately that's what this is all about. And uh, I think it's such a cool experience for you when you've been taking the initiative, um, you know, reading through all these books, seeing all the material and having this opportunity to say, Hey, let me get all the patients that not that you can't apply to the others. Let me get the patients I can best apply this to. Um, great, sweet opportunity for the last two wrap up.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's good. It's like there's just so many patients that I can just do this over and over and over and over and over again. That I can just just get the reps in for these back and neck patients. Um, so it's it's a good experience. What about you? How's practicing at Evolution at Kaiser? Yeah. What anything yeah. new, Nick? Yeah.
0: It's, uh, it's going to really well up. Um, I'm enjoying it a lot. As far as the actual practice, um, I've seen a lot of really good patients, um, a lot of good, good outcomes, um, some fun cases in there for sure that I've enjoyed a lot. Um, not on the non clinical side, um, I submitted my application for the spine fellowship. So that's pretty darn exciting. I'm glad to uh, have the opportunity to chase after that. And uh, nothing to guarantee but being contention
1: for landing that next year. Yeah, wow, that's that's awesome. It's it's almost the end of the. It feels like yesterday when you just got into the residency, where we when we were just talking about that. Well, you and know, now, saying, during COVID, the days are long. Okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but now you're, you're applying to the fellowship. That, that's amazing. And it's at uh, the same Kaiser program?
0: So it's through Kaiser uh, Southern California. It is not a guarantee you'll be at my location that I'm at now, um, but it would be if I get it. It would be out. Um, they have a couple locations where they do offer it. And I do not get a choice with that. Um, but it's just kind of, you know, they, I send an application that if I'm accepted or not accepted. And if I'm accepted, they say, hey, this is where you're going, kid. And I can either choose that or
1: not. That's awesome. That's, this is all about continual growth, continual learning, continually following something you're passionate about. That, that's awesome for you, Nick.
0: Absolutely.
1: I think that's a good segue of, like, I, I want to share, I wanted to share a quote the last time we were going to talk, um, but I think this is a great segue. So this is a quote that I, that's stuck with me since, like, high school. One of my teachers in high school I would always say it, um, and it just stuck with me. And the quote is, variety is the spice of life. So any sort of, like, new things, any sort of, um, like, things that, that are different from the monotony of, like, everyday tasks adds flavor your life. Now, I feel like that's what you're doing by, by seeking out um, more education, by applying to the fellowship, doing things like that. Um, so, the reason why I bring up this quote is every day. It's been like a few weeks since I've been doing my clinical, and I'm having fun with treating the patients. But then it gets we get stacked up on paperwork. So there's so many pa- patients. There's so much more paperwork, um, and Eventually it gets to like it's just I'm just going through the motions with the paperwork. It's fun treating the patients. Now, this is my question to you, Nick. I mean you already have your answer by, by seeking some more education, by trying by applying to a fellowship, things like that. But if somebody else is like in physical therapy or working on physical therapy or they're working or they're a student and they're studying it's like the same things over and over and over again how do you find that variety to add to their life i guess to to add some more flavor to answer that bob i'm gonna go on a side tangent a little
0: bit because that's one of the things i do best in life um we have to define what variety means. but certainly variety means a variation, a difference, something that's not being done. But what the heck does variety mean for that situation for them? And so variety for you might look very different for me because the variety I might be seeking is something you've already got. And the variety you're seeking might be something I've already got, right? And yeah. so is it really that much of a spice to like? If it's the same damn flavor you've been eating all the time, it might be a great flavor. But is it really a spike if your case receptors from that good old, those good old nerves are receiving it all the time? And i say not so much. But just like patients, we have to say, hey, is this more of a mobility problem, a stability problem? What kind of motor control do they have? Is it, you know, that they're able to balance, but they don't have as much strength training? They have precise control. Um, whatever it is, we have to say, hey, what is this patient good at? What do they typically do in their daily activities for training and load and how does that apply to their body? And what are they missing? And variety is what they're missing. So it's hard to answer that Bob without doing a needs analysis. Um, the one thing I've came to re- come to respect and complicity over time is, dude, we've all got cravings, right? Bob, do you have cravings in life? I, I do. Yeah. I think everybody okay. has cravings.
1: You're right.
0: I, I hope so. Right. I mean, cravings are like, the second kind of life after a pulse, that's not scientific whatsoever. I made that up. Um, but we – and actually, that's not true, Because people can be allowed without having an pulse. That's another conversation. Um, however, we need that variety. And to get variety, we have to follow where our cravings take us. And so I think that, again, when our cravings are wholesome, when they're good, when they're rewarding, keep it simple. Just follow your damn cravings.
1: Follow your cravings. I like it, and and I think this this I guess this whole quote or this whole like thing that we're talking about is just an, another analogy of like look for your pa- like follow your follow your passion like find what you're what drives you and just look for that and that adds constant more constant flavor to whatever you're eating. So Absolutely. I like that. Wow. Wow.
0: When you think about those things that you crave, right? The things that you're willing to admit externally, and the things that you're really not, you're just kind of kind of hold to yourself. Are those things born, bland, or dull to you? Or do they have a spice element?
1: They're, they're probably scary. For, for well, Things that I'm thinking of are, are scary for me. Uh, scary they're also thing. exciting. Exciting, scary, right?
0: They're not mundane, simple, the same. I call that a spice, right? That might be a spice, actually, Bob. Dude, do you remember back in the day when uh, I was an RA and that whole, like, ghost pepper eating thing was going on? Oh yes. Yes. All right, Bob, Bob, from your
1: perspective, tell a little story about that. Real simple. I think it was like we were it was like I was a freshman, you were an RA, and then like my entire floor wanted just to eat ghost peppers for whatever reason. Um and they were eating the this and, and ghost peppers are like one of the spiciest peppers in the world for anybody that doesn't know that. And People just bought it off Amazon. My my floormates just bought it off Amazon, and they were in the in the lounge, and they were eating it for whatever for whatever reason. They had their, their milk, they had their water, um, and I can assure you that it was a spice, like for sure, it was very spicy.
0: That was a, a spice to life that perhaps people might have been fearful of. Perhaps you're right. Yeah. <laughs> So there we go, Bob. And you know, the reason I bring that up, one, because it's damn funny and entertaining. Um, but two is it fits the scenario. And I remember, you know, I was the RA then, and you know, for being um, I remember I think it was like a Wednesday or something. We're hanging out in the lounge with people, and I see, you know, tagged up to the wall, pinned up to the wall is a small bag, these tiny little like shriveled up peppers in there. And they weren't that shriveled <laughs> up, but they were like, they're still in there. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? And they told me about it. They told me about their idea. Like, hey, we were going to, somebody ordered them. We're all going to have a challenge. You could do it the longest. So me being the responsible, caring person that I was looking out for the safety of my people said, sweet, we're going to make a whole event out of this, right? Let's get some bread. Let's get some milk. Let's get some ice cream. Let's get ready to get prepped. Hey, you, you're in the film school, right? Yeah, record this stuff, right? And we created an opportunity out of it. So Variety Bob is absolutely the spice of life. I did not expect those ghost peppers be sitting on the wall back on that
1: day yeah <laughs> that is definitely um yeah that is the the definition of the quote variety is the spice of life
0: and i think it, if i remember correctly i don't think anybody won that day i just think a lot of people lost
1: i i agree i i think so too now nick l- let me like last week we talked about things that you were reflecting from um the, the i think that i guess the Workshop or, or whatever task or challenge you did from the book, and then you talked about how you were applying them or how you were going to apply them. How have you found any change or any noticed anything or, or applied anything different or had any other variety stuff esque stuff into that?
0: You know, um, yes, I know, um I'd say no in the way that, you know, the points that we talked about, the hit home things, the things I'm focusing on, they haven't really changed from our conversation where kind of once my awareness was on them, it um it's not like I had these deeper, more profound revelations as I, you know, jump deeper into a level of consciousness or anything. Um, but yes, in a way that, you know, I've been much more attentive. I've been much more aware, more present. And what I've done is I... have you know, my biggest deficits according to that chart and the feedback I got were about communication and listening, um, which kind of go, you know, hand in hand in a way. And so I spent a lot of focused time in these areas, um, just perceiving the world around me and kind of just like I break down like understanding the patient really well. Let me break down and understand the way I'm communicating with my intention and in communicating this, obviously far beyond just the verbal communication. And being extra aware of that in all my interactions, and keeping to hey, what's my goal in this? Then is is my style of communication right now going along with that goal, or is it getting in the way?
1: Let me ask you this, Nick: Is when you thought of that and you're applying the feedback, did you notice an instant change?
0: Mm. I noticed a deeper wrestling. I noticed that it's not like boom, I do it, snap, with the fingers, and then I get results. It's that. I have to wrestle with myself a little bit. I have to. Um, I have increased awareness, and so I know what the intention is. I know what I want to do differently. But yes. old, old automatic patterns do die hard, especially when it's in something like communication.
1: Yeah. Um, I, so, think so I that's, been, "Go ahead, go ahead, Bob." Well, that's that's what I was trying to get at. Like,
0: um,
1: I mean, this may sound obvious, but maybe somebody listening to this podcast they they try to reflect on something they reflect on it. They're like, okay, I'm going to do this. And they did do it for a few days and they don't really notice like an instant change. Yeah, And and like you said, it's like old habits are hard to change. Like if you're doing this for 30 years of your life or fifth or third, 20 years of your life, you can't just expect like two or three days of doing something else to instantly change what you're doing. Do you agree?
0: I do. And it's, um, You know, this is going on the other end of the extreme of the pendulum, too. But when there is a change, whether how large or how small, we tend to habituate it again. And, you know, let's say that, you know, it's like when you're a kid and you grow up and stuff, you may not realize that you're growing as much day to day. But somebody who hasn't seen you in five months is like, oh, my gosh, you recall it, right? You changed. They acknowledge that. I had a a patient today where, you know, I had a follow-up appointment and, like, I was asking about stuff, asking about, you know, their specific asterisk sign or A and stuff, and they're, they're talking about, like, like hey, hey how's sitting at the office? How's pain with that? They're like, oh, I, I still have pain with that, right? And their remark was kind of mundane, kind of the same. So, of course, I dug deeper. I said, okay, sweet. You know, how long can you sit for now, right? And they said, oh, like, you know, after four hours, it bothers me. And this was literally the conversation I had today, Bob, where it's like, wait, what? What? Say that again? Yeah, is that my pain comes back after four hours. I'm like, wait, hold on. The last time, literally last visit, you told me your pain flared up like crazy after 20 minutes. And you're sitting here talking mundane because you made a, let me do a advanced arithmetic. You made a 12,000 or 1,200% change, right? 12 times longer change. And you're like, oh, I still got pain, right? So I think that we whether it's in the past or in the present or future we out of efficiency we tend to habituate and that's not a bad thing whatsoever. We just have to yeah. be aware of
1: that. Wow, I mean that's really great. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna take that from you. Like taking the like not the like comparing asterisk signs, which is great, but like putting like math on the whole change in symptoms and behavior. Um because like if you put it in perspective like 12 times better in how you're sitting from last visit the the patient's going to be like wow 12 times that's that's, a big number and like you've got to like there are times where patients are like you know
0: oh we do something and i'm well actually i want to i'm curious let me know if you've ever had this experience right and this is not saying a knock on patients whatsoever right and more so this is saying a knock on us as communicators as physical therapists right patients will you know, we'll do something, they'll do an exercise, they'll do this, we'll retest the thing that used to piss them off like crazy, right? Drive them off the wall, or what we call the asterisk time. And then they do something, and then, and we're like, hey, how was that? They're like, yeah, it was okay. And like, their version of like, eh, it was okay means, oh, that pain that I had for the last two years, every single time I did that, oh yeah, it wasn't there. It felt okay because I didn't have that. And it's our job to be like, wait, 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 hold up are You saying something we did here, got rid of your pain that you couldn't alleviate for the last two years' I'm like,, huh. oh yeah, you're right, and' like it's almost our job to make a big deal about that, so that goes in the communication piece too
1: yeah i I like how you I like how you you move the pendulum to the other side because that's not the, not something that I thought about i I always thought about like change it's not gonna like happen instant for like if you're working on personal development it's gonna happen over time, but also like If change does happen, it's not like you as yourself are going to notice that rapidly as if if somebody else looked at you directly.
0: It goes both ways. And I mean, there's a reason that we look at one end of the pendulum or the other. It's because that's where our focus is. That's where our mindset is. That's where our reticular activating system is. That's where we have the most kind of emotional. um, We're the most emotional in touch with that at that specific moment in time. That's
1: the only reason we focus on that side of the pendulum. Okay, so well, going back to you, Nick, about like what you're you're working on, I guess with communication with with your friends, family, patients, and every everybody else. You said you're somewhere in the middle with this. Just to, to pedal back a little bit.
0: Um. So, so I guess. I guess. Go ahead. No. Go
1: ahead, Bob. So, so like the pendulum is like the it, it's slow but I feel like I need to be quicker or you, you the other side is um, it's happening before your eyes, but you don't really see it, that it's happening quick. So would you say like you're I, somewhere in the middle or. I think I'm somewhere in the middle in terms of, I think that the, the external
0: output is slow growing, but the like the internal wrestling and like the awareness and like what I'm perceiving to information to be able to make changes better and more effectively is changing quite rapidly. So it's like the basketball player who goes into the 5 a.m. extra practices, right? That doesn't mean they're instantly better at dribbling or shooting. It means they're deeply engaged in the process of getting better, and maybe a little bit shows here and there, but it's not consistent yet. Why? Because just one 5 a.m. practice doesn't make a difference. We have to do it repeatedly.
1: Now, Nick, I, I have to ask you this: how, how do you, like, when it's like, I know obviously you're you're not doing it all the time, but how do no. you consciously bring it into your mind, even when like you're going through the motions in the day? It's like, it's like three o'clock. You just had lunch. You're full. You're tired. How do you remember to ground yourself and then bring whatever, like a a mental to go attitude.
0: First of all, um, for anybody who's ever seen me eat, I'm really ever full. So that's a point that I don't get as tired post Um So we will say that, but I got that one thing going for me, Bob. Uh, but aside from my less full stomach or not eating as much as I completely could, you're right, I don't do it all the time. And I don't think anybody should, right? Um, yeah. I brought this analogy up the other time about, hey, It's like learning how to walk differently, right? It's like our post-op patients or anybody else, it's like, hey, you're training a new motor skill. I don't want you focusing on every single step. That's unrealistic. It's not fair. You're going to walk like a robot, overthink everything. And the hyperanalysis is and can be associated with fear. So I don't want to train you to be fearful. That would would literally be me doing the opposite of my job. Um, And same thing for me. I don't want to train myself to go into this mode of hyper analysis twenty four seven and not be able to take action. That would need be that would be doing a disservice to myself as a human being. Rather what I want to be able to do is I want to be able to say, okay, ten percent of the time, five percent of the time, let me bring awareness back to it so it becomes habituated, it becomes automatic. And so for me part of what I do is I, I literally tell people, I said, Hey like for like, my preceptors, my mentors, for a clinic sometimes, I'll literally say, "Hey, we're working on this, that, a physical thing, different interviewing skills and stuff." And it's like, "Hey, this is another thing I want you to pay attention to for me," and it might be a certain aspect of communication with them. And I'll literally directly follow up with them, and so that not only makes it easier for that specific situation for me, but it also makes it easier because I verbalize that out loud, and they and they said, "Okay, sweet, here's how you deal with this one." Other oh, than kind of the next time I see them, the nerves that fire together, wire together, that becomes part of my mentoring experience, which becomes part of, hey, what am I doing with myself in the year of residency to make myself better? This becomes associated with what am I doing to make myself a better PT, which becomes associated with what am I doing to make myself a better person. So instead of focusing on the one action step, well, my brain selectively does for itself is it says, Hey, what can I do to make myself a better person? Oh wait, this, that, and the other thing. Which part of that is making myself a better listener, better, a better communicator, and here are like five recent concrete examples throughout the rest of it from the early part of the day. Not 10,000 examples, not 500 examples, but like three or four or five that like I did that or work with it or need to reflect on,
1: and that becomes more automated. Wow. Yeah, that's, you know, as you're talking, next, now I'm just going to go a little off tangent here or, or sidetrack a little bit. So, I, to, we, we never do that. We never do that. Not <laughs> really. but, but as you're talking about this stuff, I I think I finally realized what you know how like we all have to have like a customer avatar for like a business or like a podcast or whatever. But I feel like for this podcast, it's it's like growing your mindset for physical therapy students and physical therapists. I don't know if like we ever like put a word to it, but I, I feel like that's... I don't, I don't want to. That might be a customer avatar in terms of
0: like um, in terms of like, hey, here might be the top percent of people, but I don't want to limit that to just physical therapy. I think it's about expanding your mindset, expanding your potential, expanding your growth from anybody in the service industry, from that's anybody in, in the clinical reasoning or critical reasoning right, because not just medical necessarily, but in the critical reasoning service industry, that can be anything, but anything that needs a deep understanding of yourself, a deep understanding of your environment, how to process that information, make take meaningful things out of that, and that we're in a realm of service, we deeply interact with other people. That's what I think is how the people who would benefit from this podcast would fit into that category.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think you word that better than me. It's it's mindset, I guess, mindset growth, mindset betterment, um, critical thinking growth for those, I guess, serving others that require like interpersonal skills. And here's the that, cool thing with that, Bob, is
0: like, it's not about me wording it better than you, wording it better than me. It's about, hey, us having this conversation to be like, hey, is this who we think we're trying to serve? Other than the people who are listening, literally be like, dude, you got it wrong, that that's than me. Or like, huh. That's totally me, or like, huh, that's not how I thought about myself, but let me reflect on that. Oh, yeah, I kind of do sort of do that. Maybe that's the reason why I'm attracted to this. Maybe that's the reason why this, that, and the other. Maybe that, that in itself, that part of is a reflection, because them a different aspect of life.
1: Yeah, if, if anybody's listening and they are what we mentioned, if you want to go on iTunes and, and just comment, let us know. Let us what? know if if that's what you are.
0: Or sort of controversy. you said, hey, this is me. This is why I'm totally not that. And this is why, you know, you guys are a little wrong. Or this is why I'm not that whatsoever, but I still find value in it. Or this is why I hang out with my friends, drink a beer, and make fun of you guys. Whatever it is, um, you know, we're, we're not here to change your opinions. We're never here to funnel anybody into any kind of identity. We're hopefully here to strengthen who you are as a person
1: some aspect for whatever you want to bring from it. Yeah. I like it. I like that. That's uh, We did a lot on this podcast. We talked about um, the quote, varieties of spice of life. We talked about the pendulum of things happening, change not happening quick, but also when it happens, we don't realize it. We talked about how to ground yourself, how you ground yourself specifically. Um, and we talked about art, potential customer avatar and if you are are, our avatar that's listening and if you are or aren't let us know on itunes um to those listening and thank you for listening i think this is a good way to good and a good place to to put a pin in it nick what do you think do you want to add anything else i do it
0: wouldn't be fair for you to talk about your accountability uh right after that um i did mine it was good uh right through a ton of studying stuff for that practice OCS exam I had, took the test, did decent, not up to my standards, um, but, you know, I despise the word, the phrase good enough, but I did good enough for what it was. Um, it was a great learning tool. hit hit, again, 80% on it. Um, wow. Not amazing, but not terrible for the first go around. So, again, it's a practice OCS. It wasn't necessarily on class material, um, but it, it taught me how to take the test better and just going to yeah. help prepared me for reflection.
1: Yeah, I, I did my 50% on for cardio palm. Um, and I retook a test. I retook a practice exam this morning, actually. Um, didn't do so hot, but again, it's my first exam since January. So I still have like a hundred days until the exam, but I think I'll be fine. So, so next week, I still want to just finish the rest of the 50% to so finish all of it by the next time we talk or yeah by the next time we talk i'll I'll aim for that what what do you want to do nick
0: i like that um so i want to i want to ask you a quick question bob before that because again this is about self-reflection um if you it's hard to choose just one area but if you had to choose hey what was your in that last test you took what was your biggest not necessarily mistake on one question but what was your biggest deficit and what are you going to do about it going forward
1: so I know it's it's still cardiopulm. Yep. Even though I finished fifty percent of cardiopulm on, on the score builders website, it's yep. still cardiopulm. It's still my biggest weakness. Um it's just I don't know, like the medications, the the breathing stuff, all of that. So still, your
0: answer right now is way too general for me. So what are you not just like the content but like what is it? very like sharing specific content within cardio palm was it sharing like test taking strategies what is like one thing that you can take out of it both for cardio palm and then to apply to the rest of the test because now it's just about the material it's about how to take the test too
1: well i mean i was pretty fatigued like 120 questions in so that played a part in it um and i think just getting down the material I, i know this sounds very general but I think, like, it's still pretty early, like, still, like, it's still not, like, in, like, hardcore studying time mode. It's just, like, brushing over, brushing down some cobwebs. Um, so, I mean, so still, yeah, like... Even
0: though that answer sounds general, it's a lot more specific. It led you to bring up a totally different category, which is fatigue. And that's why we've got to ask third time question. So, not only about next time you take a test, you have to train for, you know, the content, but train for that fatigue aspect, like too, and different. You don't have to have an answer by next time, but think about strategies that come test day, you damn well better know what you're going to do when
1: you get fatigued. I, oh, okay. That's, I didn't think about that. Having strategies, maybe I'll do, maybe I'll do the chicken dance. Can you stand up? You you cannot stand up. Okay. I, did I ever tell you the story? <laughs> I don't chicken dance, so, but I'm, I'm
0: going to be entertained here.
1: So for for during my interview for my ra um we had to do like group process which is basically it's like a group interview and like part of the group interview um we had to do a presentation on ourselves like we had to talk about ourselves like our interests our hobbies um so part of my presentation it was like i talked about like mindset growth things like that um and one of the things that I was doing there in that time was i was taking a medica- uh, a meditation class. Yep. And in the meditation class, they were talking about chicken breathing or the chicken dance. <laughs> and basically it's like you move your arms like a chicken and you breathe out really, really fast. And supposedly that's supposed to boost up your energy for the next like few hours or so. So I got everybody to stand up in the room that was watching my presentation. And we all did the chicken breathing together, and <laughs> that's, so that's that's how I remember the chicken breathing, chicken dance, or whatever it's called. Um, but I'll, I'll think of a strategy, Nick. But so thank you for letting me know.
0: And after that, Bob was expelled from the program for five years. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
1: I think that's a good place to end it. Thank you, Nick, for taking the time to come on. It's always a pleasure to talk to you.
0: Catch you later, brother.
1: Take care.